Alright, welcome back to the Bo Sox Crazy Podcast, a regular Red Sox podcast for crazy Red Sox fans. It's your boy, Tony Levitt. We back in a new city, same old podcast, ready to roll once again. Alright, got that takedown, only took me 18 times, no big deal. Alright, so apologies to all you faithful listeners, Ima and Gavi, who listen to me, and, and anybody else who shockingly listened to this while I have absolutely no following, so shouts to you if you're out there, uh, shouts to you if you come back and listen to this and are like, God, this guy sucks, Anyway, really missed the end of the uh, season, 2017 season, a little disappointing. So maybe, you know, if I had stayed on the air, you know, we would have done better. But all things considered, I think, you know, the end of last season kind of turned out the, the way we expected. You know, all the projections kind of had us losing in the first round of the playoffs. And unfortunately, we lost in the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, apologies for me getting off the air. Got a little sick towards the end of the summer and then moved city, started a new job, and all of a sudden, boom, it's November and I haven't recorded a podcast in months. Uh, so that one goes on me. But shouts to you for coming back and coming back to listen. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, even though this offseason has been unbelievably boring and the things that have actually happened, uh, you know, they're not necessarily things that we as Red Sox fans want to be listening to and hearing about or giving any attention to but we'll get to that soon so again shouts to you for coming back let's jump right in at the beginning of the offseason even towards the end of last season there was talk you know red sox dombrowski we're gonna sound eric hosmer and quite frankly i'm quite pleased quite quite pleased that we re-signed mitch moreland on a really team-friendly deal bring back a great character guy who put up good numbers and another gold glove quality season last year, struggling with injury the whole year. And to be honest, Eric Hosmer, I know people like him. He won World Series. He's got great character. He looks like a baseball player. You know, I'm going to steal from Ben Lindbergh a little bit. You know, he said it's just the same syndrome as Jason Hayward, where he looks like a baseball player. He must be a baseball player. And we just kind of assume that he's a great ball player. You know, most of the underlying stats aren't so great. He's not a great hitter. You know, people just kind of chalked him up to hit great in Fenway Park, but that's not been the case given his spray charts over his whole career. And the kind of contract that he's looking for, that obviously Scott Boris is looking for, is the kind of shit we're trying to avoid. You know, the guy who he'd be coming in to replace is, in reality, I know, you know, Mitch Moreland played first base last year, but in reality, it's, it's Hanley Ramirez. And, you know, his contract was only four years, and... We're already languishing in it, you know, in the last year. The last three years of this contract, or I guess really just two, but, you know, the second half of his contract, and that's just four years, really been difficult for the Red Sox. And, you know, to come in and sign a guy, Eric Hosmer, to, you know, something like 150 over six, you know, we are already wondering if the first two years are going to produce the kind of value that we want in that kind of long-term deal. And if we're wondering about that at the beginning of the contract, who knows what the end of the contract is looking like. So I, for one, you know, you can you can take, you know, whatever stance you want on Eric Cosmer. He's going to be a Padre. He's not going to be a Red Sox, a Red Sox player. And quite frankly, that makes me happy. You know, obviously the other big name this offseason, J.D. Martinez. I'm down. I'm very, very down. That dude can fucking rake. And I told myself before the podcast I wasn't going to swear on this one, but I made it exactly 335. So kudos to me. Uh, really good job. But J.D. Martinez really, really would want to see him on the team. That, that dude has posted the best OPS over the past two seasons. 
you're you're going to come in here and say, and I'm not going to say the the dreaded you know GS name, but yeah, Giancarlo, even with his six, 60 homer season last year, didn't have a better OPS than JD Martinez over the past two years, and JD Martinez rakes. You know, he raked in Detroit, which is not a place for hitters. He raked in a bad lineup. He raked right after he got traded. He got hurt. He raked. He got traded. He raked. He raked. He raked. This dude can flat out swing the bat. And so, yeah, I'm very down. Obviously, you know, the Red Sox last season struggled to put the ball outside the park. Would love to see, you know, J.D. Martinez come and and send some to Lansdowne. You know, I, I feel like the people kind of hanging out there looking for home run balls were a little disappointed last year considering how few home runs we hit and JD Martinez obviously would alleviate some of that pressure I'm not bringing any new news to you in that um, but I think you know we we need to be careful with the things we're we're hoping for and wishing for when we're thinking about JD Martinez you know I've heard and read that you know people are thinking about oh make room for for JD Martinez in the outfield because you know, he wants to play in the outfield, and that'll that'll make him come. Let's be fair here. No one's competing against the Red Sox here. Scott Boris is going to wait this out and try to create a phantom market for him, and then make Dombrowski throw out a seven. You know, hopefully throw out. You know, hopefully from their perspective, throw out a seven-year contract. You know, two hundred ten million dollars or something like that. You know, fine, hundred ninety over seven, whatever it is. That's what Boris wants to do. That's what J.D. Martinez's camp wants. But in reality, really the only people, the only team that is competing with the Red Sox right now is, I guess, the Diamondbacks, but they can't throw the kind of money we can. And I think Dombrowski knows that because, you know, he's usually not the type to just say, here's an offer, take it or leave it. But that's exactly what he did with that five-year deal. We don't know the details, but my guess, you know, we're looking somewhere in the five years, 135 to 150 range. And he just set it on the table. And, and that's not Dombrowski's MO. That's not usually how he works. If somebody's not going to sign it right away, he'll up the offer. You know, I mean, we've seen it over the years, you know, in the Marlins, the Tigers. And I think he is able to do that, drop that contract on the table and just say, it's here if you want it, specifically because he knows, you know, he's, he's going to swing his dick around. And that's fine because Scott Boris is not going to be able to bully us into signing J.D. Martinez to a bad contractor, promising him time in the outfield that we don't have for him because we have an amazing outfield, amazing in the, in the field, really solid at the dish, promising and young, and we shouldn't be trading a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. Yes, he's streaky. Yes, he can be really tough to watch when he's bad, but this dude is an absolute gold glove caliber outfielder every single season. And an underrated guy from the bat. We're going to talk about that a little later, but I just really, really want to stress that making room for J.D. Martinez in the outfield is not in our best interest. When you talk about, you know, taking those DH appearances away from Hanley so that Jackie Bradley Jr. can play in the outfield, any day of the week I'll take that. Any day of the week you should take that, right? Because Hanley is a a sore. I don't want to say a cancer because, like, he's a good guy and, and that's extreme, but... You know, he is just not the player he once was. You know, we have to look now at 2016 as an aberration and, and say to ourselves, this is a guy who over the years has you know not kept in the shape that he once was, has not been able to turn on that inside pitch like he once was able to, and now he's really relying on kind of guesswork to be able to put up those power numbers that we saw two years ago, and, and last year we saw the detrimental effects of guesswork and, and just not being able to catch up with pitches. And and obviously he's just a disaster in the field, where you have Jackie Bradley, a guy who is, I don't know, 
top five, top three center fielder, depending on who you ask. You know, I, I would say top five just to be safe, but I think top three is easily in the conversation in any given season. And I mean, this dude can also hit. Let's let's not forget that just two years ago, you know, we're we're gonna come back and say Hanley, you know, put up thirty and a hundred just two years ago, you know, in twenty sixteen, and and led us to the playoffs, and that's great. But Jackie also led us to the playoffs in that year, had a twenty nine game hit streak, posted a WAR of five point three, two sixty seven batting average, twenty six home runs, and over eighty five ribbies. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. Jackie Bradley is a sustainable guy who's gonna produce. You know, long term, and we're making room because we have one year left of Jackie. Uh, I'm sorry, of Hanley Ramirez, and and to make room for JD Martinez. JD Martinez is a DH. The only reason he wasn't a DH in Detroit is because obviously Miggy and Victor Martinez were there taking those at bats, and then he went obviously to that National League. But net, and so because he wasn't a full time DH before, he he and his agent Scott Boris are able to come and say, well, hey, I'm not. You know, I'm only. Uh, I'm a fielder too, you know, but in reality, he's not. He he's a bad, bad fielder. He doesn't fit in with what we've been trying to do in the outfield. And you know, next year Hanley's gone. Hanley's gone. I I would be utterly, uh, utterly shocked to hear to see that him he comes back. He's done nothing, you know, aside from that 2016 season on this contract, and he's done. And when he's gone, I don't want to see that Jackie Bradley's also gone because we committed basically just so that for the right to sign a guy who's not competing with us for anybody else. No one else is trying to sign this guy, you know, on a real uh, competitive level. J.D. Martinez is a DH, and let's not fool ourselves and, and trade Jackie Bradley, you know. And when I say, you know, Jackie Bradley, he's a real hitter, you're saying to yourself, come on, that, that, that hit streak, that's an aberration. That 2016 season is an aberration. Let's hold up for a second. I went to the play index on baseball reference. Yeah, yeah, I'm a nerd. Whatever, whatever. I went to the baseball reference player index and just posted in a season like his. I posted in Jackie's stats from 2016, fielding and hitting, right? So a guy who had a defensive war of over one and a 260 batting average, 20 home runs, and 80 RBIs. And here are the guys whose names he's... Uh, played in next to it. And I, I'm going to put the good and the bad because I want you to get the full context, but I also want you to see that there's a range for Jackie Bradley Jr., right? He has the ability over, you know, a given three-week, four-week stretch to, you know, reach the heights of the names I'm about to tell you and also reach the lows of the, some of the other names I'm going to tell you. And we want to have that variability because Jackie's a guy who I think in a good season could pop 30 homers and bounce us up from the numbers we had last year. Let's, let's look at these names for a second. We got Ken Griffey Jr., Cal Ripken, Carlos Beltran, Adrian Beltre, Sammy Sosa. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let those names rock for a second. Those are Hall of Fame caliber guys. Those are the guys whose names you know you, you can't put up a season like that like Jackie Bradley did in 2016 without having something else. And the fact that these names are the ones directly above him suggest that yeah, I mean the, you know there is a possibility the heights that Jackie Bradley can reach are really quite high and obviously he's not going to do that consistently like the iron man himself like adrian beltre like carlos beltran guys who did it well into their 30s you know but at the same time like in a, a given three four week stretch i think he can do that for us and that's really valuable obviously you have other names right below him you got eric chavez aramis ramirez elston howard i don't even know who that is uh, i guess because he's 1963 astrubal cabrera 
uh, Andrew Jones late oh no early career but still you know these are guys who are much lower level you know uh, obviously when you compare them to Hall of Famers but that kind of range that's a nice range to live in when you think about say Eric Chavez's lows Jay Bruce's lows they're they're not great but they're certainly replacement level batters Jackie Bradley I think will be bare minimum a replacement level batter for the majority of the 2018 season and you know, if we get one or two stretches where he's batting like Cal Ripken, where he's batting like, you know, prime Carlos Beltran, Adrian Beltre, Sammy Sosa, slamming Sammy, you know, steroids aside, I used to love Sammy Sosa. But, you know, if he hits like those guys, I think that's, you know, just a huge boon. And, and a guy like that can carry a team for a stretch when, quite frankly, the team, the roster we have currently will need to be carried by individuals over the course of the season. It's a long, long season, and it's not going to be Mookie every day. It's not going to be Rafi every day. Uh, shout out to Rafi. We're going to touch on him a little later. But a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. probably batting 7th or 8th in the batting order to carry over and, and bring the team with him for the season. I mean, for a stretch during the season, that's what that's what keeps you in the running for that second, first slot in the AL. It's a really competitive league, and I don't think we can say right now that we're in that top tier, you know, with Houston. I, it's just uh, not something, you know, that we can really say in all honesty right now is the truth. Even if we sign Jamie Martinez, I don't think we're going to be in that tier. And so to have someone with the variability and the ability to explode over the course of a few weeks like Jackie Bradley Jr. is really invaluable, not to mention the consistent glove he's going to bring to the team. So I really think that there there's no room to uh, take Jackie Bradley and trade him, or really anybody. I mean, it goes without saying that we're not going to trade Mookie or, or Benny off this team. Absolutely not. Uh, and if you're thinking that, then get out. I mean, I don't want to say I don't want you as a listener because, like, I do, and I need that right now. Like, I, I need that. But, like, go look at yourself in the mirror and say, I want to trade Andrew Benintendi. And then if you can still look yourself at it straight after doing that, like, you might have to leave. All right, so I want to hit one more thing, and then we're going to wrap up, kind of preview what we're going to do for the rest of the offseason. We're already just 72, I want to say, days from opening day, and that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to say. So today I want to hit on just a small bit on Rafi and what we can expect from him in the 2018 season after his unbelievable, unbelievable rookie year. Uh, Preview what we've got coming up. I want kind of to take a look at our roster and what we can expect from the roster, what it's going to look like, what we can expect each guy's role to be. We're going to look at some kind of flashpoints. We're going to obviously talk about Blake uh, Blake Swihart and whether we're going to um, kind of put him into that uh, utility role versus Brock Holt. And we're going to look at what exactly we can expect out of the guys in our bullpen, what our bullpen's going to look like. And, you know, shout out to Carson Smith for finally uh, agreeing to terms in arbitration with the team, 850000 yesterday. Um, you know, we haven't seen too much out of him, but he could be a real, real asset. I mean, that dude throws gas. He looks confident when he's on the mound, you know, in the past two seasons when he's been on the mound. Obviously, there's the injury risk, but, I mean, that also is a, a guy with huge variability who, let's say, God forbid, Craig Kimbrell, you know, gets hurt out for three three to six weeks with some sort of, you know, hamstring tear. Again, God forbid. I don't want that. But let's say he's out for a few weeks. Carson Smith, I can easily see that guy taking the ninth inning and running with it just because he throws flames and he's a good good reliever when he's healthy and on the mound. So it's really nice to see him back on the team. Uh, so we're going to project what the bullpen and our roster looks like, especially in, in some bench battles and, and playing time battles we're going to get back to Haley Ramirez and kind of imagine what it is his role is going to look like and 
you know, also obviously, ho hopefully, something will happen this offseason. Somebody will sign. There are so many big names. I mean, a decent chunk of the market is still, you know, up for grabs. And, you know, who knows? Dave Dombrowski, you know, could you imagine a situation in which um, all of a sudden the Diamondbacks put seven years on the table for J.D. Martinez and he's, he goes there and Dombrowski's like, well, screw that, and goes and signs, you know, an, an ace-level pitcher where you get a U Darvish, you get uh, Jake Scarietta, obviously Scarietta because he can't throw strikes. But, you know, if he comes to the team, I'll, I'm down, I'm down for one of these guys. You just don't know what's going to happen. So very curious to see how the rest of the offseason, my bad, my bad with the phone, Less curious to see how bad uh, or how the rest of the offseason plays out. We'll, we'll address that as it happens. Um, for the rest of today, I just want to hit one more thing. Let's talk about Rafi, Rafael Devers. The dude is an absolute champ. He came in and really carried our team, you know, brought a spark to our team that I, I think this team, you know, we're still dealing with the void left by David Ortiz, you know, uh, unbelievable personality, unbelievable leader, and and we were kind of looking around, you know, we thought maybe Hanley would fill that void a little bit, Mookie, and that just didn't happen so much, you know, Pedroia was hurt, and so obviously, you know, when he's on the field, and he's going to be that, he's going to be that on-the-field leader, but, you know, we are still looking to, you know, figure out how, what the dynamic is within the team, and, and when Rafi came in and just brought that youthful energy, I love that, you know, half of my writing is just about that youthful love for the game and just ability to, I mean you saw him anytime you hit a home run that dude smile ear to ear coming in here and just enjoying his time and and, and that kind of lifted the spirits of the team you know in the doldrums of the summer um you know when we were hitting that June swoon you know the, the team was a little down and 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 bringing up Rafi and the way he was able to you know smash the Yankees and smash everyone really and you know, really grow as a fielder and and just bring that kind of passion to the team it was an unbelievable thing. And the question is, you know, how much of that is he going to be able to bring into year two? And so I did a quick search again on the play index on Baseball Reference. Shout out to Baseball Reference. Shout out to Devin Downey for those who understand that. Um, and I just kind of compared rookies who put up the kind of numbers he did, who in the past couple of years, you know, did that kind of made that kind of impact, and just. Real simple stuff. Who can we kind of look to for a comparison for Rafi? So, past two years, here are the names of guys who were able to put up uh, an OPS over 800 and over 200 at bats and, you know, put together a good war season. So, we got 2015, some really swell names. Chris Bryan, Carlos Correa, Jung Ho Gong, eh, Side note, did you know that Jung Ho Gong, now that he is not able to play in the States because of his horrendous DUI and, um, you know, a, I, I forget the exact charges, but, you know, I want to say it was sexual offense. If I got that wrong, tweet me, I'll fix it. But Jung Ho-Gong, really nasty stuff, legally and personally, but, you know, he was a good player in his rookie year. But now, side note, he has so bad that he was cut from a Dominican League team. Amazing. Really crazy stuff. You know, it's just wild that that happened. But anyway, Jung Ho-Gong from his rookie year, good stuff. Frankie Lindor, Miguel Sano, Kyle Schwarber, Travis Shaw, Devin Travis. Those are guys from 2015 who put up Again, an OPS over 800 and more than 200 at-bats with a war over one in their rookie years. Similarly, 2016, a, another set of good names. Wilson Contreras, David Dahl, Lemnis Diaz, Ryan Healy, Ryan Schimpf, and Trevor Story. So we've got a real, again, just like in Jackie Bradley, we, we have a range here where we have MVP-level guys, and then we have really solid contributors, and then we have some guys who 
whether it was due to injury or consistency issues, uh, strikeout issues especially in the, in the case of the last three guys, um, they just weren't able to quite keep up that level. But I think, you know, aside from Aledmus Diaz, Jung Ho Gong, and Ryan Schimpf, these are all players who are expected to be significant contributors to guys who are going to carry a team for the next decade. And... You know, I think baseline, again, we can assume for Rafi, he's not going to be hitting fourth all year, but, you know, to expect him fifth or sixth, I'd say, wouldn't surprise me. We're going to we're gonna kind of project the lineup as we get closer and closer to spring training, but for now, I'm just, you know, off the top, I would imagine somewhere in the five, six range, and putting up bare minimum, you know, like 20 homers and, um, let's say, 75 RBIs, um, and with the upside of the power, you know, like Chris Bryant, like a Frankie, uh, you know, like a Frank, uh, Francisco Lindor, like Miguel Sano, maybe not Miguel Sano power, but we've got, you know, real upside here, and then if not, we've got Ryan Healy, a guy who struggled with strikeouts, but put up good power numbers, a guy like Trevor Story, the same, or a guy like Wilson Contreras, Devin Travis, who were able to really be just solid contributors across the board, um, obviously, I think that you know, he's not going to put up the, the steel numbers that Francisco Lindor is putting up. I, you know, I don't think that's even really on the table right now. You know, I'd love to see those baby cheeks of his, but, you know, they kind of uh, um, suggest to us that he, you know, he is a bigger guy. And even what, when he grows out of, you know, his, you know, adolescent body, because, you know, he's definitely not a growing guy. He's not even 21 years old. Um, he's he's going to be a big guy. He's, you know, projects to be a middle-of-the-order power kind of guy for, you know, a significant amount of time. But what point of story is, you know, I think we can expect very solid production out of Rafi Devers in his second year. Now, obviously, you know, you know, because I'm saying this, he's going to come out the gates and he's going to struggle. You know, like Alex Bregman, he's going to come out and just post a horrendous April because I said it, and that's how things work for me. Um, and you're going to at me and you'll be like, Tani, wait, you said he was going to be a real good product, uh, a source of production. What's going on? And I'll tell you to pump the brakes. Right, it's a long season, six months, 162 games, and there's plenty of time for him to rebound, plenty of time for him to grow. And the truth is that I don't think that major league pitchers had time to adjust to him. You know, people were pitching him, giving him straight fastballs, even though he was crushing them throughout the season last year. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you know he's going to start seeing, you know, especially against lefties, sliders down and away. You know. You th- think back to his most amazing moment of last year when he crushed the Roldis Chapman fastball. You know he hadn't been able to touch his uh, the sliders on the prior pitches, and so you just wonder: Are maybe pitchers going to you know give him more of that off-speed stuff to test him, give him more changeups down and away, more more of that you know for righties uh, sliders down and in on him to, just to see if he can handle that. Because there's no reason to test him with fastballs right now. You know, they're they're going to need to mix it up. And the, and the question for Rafi is, you know, is he going to be able to make those adjustments? Is he going to be able to grow from year one to year two? And chances are he's not going to hit everything. He's not going to come out the gate uh, smashing everything right away. Chances are, you know, he'll still, you know, really be able to drive the fastball. But he might have work to do on other things, whether it's the fastball up and in or the, you know, the breaking stuff or the changeup down away. You know, he we'll have to adjust to the adjustments, and that might take time. That said, over the course of the season, I will be surprised if he doesn't give solid to above-average production the whole year. And that's going to wrap it up today. Again, we talked about how 
I'm down for Mitch Moreland, a solid guy, you know, a guy who played injured last year, and is going to come in and be a, a veteran presence for a lot of young guys, good, and relative to what we were going to sign instead of him, this is a really, really, really good deal. We got J.D. Martinez, who we really should bring in. We could use that pop, but not at the expense of Jackie Bradley Jr. Jackie Bradley, a guy whose defense we can't replace, and whose offense, I think, has left room for a lot of stuff that's within his capability, and he could potentially carry us over the course of a couple weeks of the season. We talked about Rafi Devers and the potential for him to grow in his second year, and also potential for him to kind of struggle and maybe just be a solid producer, not be you know an MVP caliber. You know, a lot of guys recently have been coming up and just crushing it out the gate and becoming MVP candidates within the first two three years of their career. And if Rafi would do that, Lahaim, as they say. But if not. We need to be patient because this dude is an absolute marvel of a talent, and we are lucky to have him, lucky to have his passion, lucky to have his skill on the team. So hopefully we'll be back next week. Plan is to do one one of these guys a week, one Bosox Crazy podcast a week throughout the off season. maybe getting into two as we get deeper into uh, spring training and as we get to the regular season. Early, early notice, we will not have a Bosox Crazy podcast opening week. Unfortunately, I will be out of town, but I'm going to do my best to put up stuff in between now and then consistently. And then obviously when I get back, we're going to hit the ground running. And maybe even by the time I get back, we're going to be in the regular season and we're going to come out, we're going to be in first place and we'll have won, you know, two series by the time I'm back in the States. So this is Tony Levitt signing out, the Bosox Crazy Podcast.